Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. What's up, everybody? We went on a break, but we're back. And we have beards. We look like we were living in caves, but we were just living in our house. In my room, and it gets dark, it's kind of like a cave. And that's why his beard grew at a rapid rate. Does the opposite of photosynthesis. All right, whatever. Hang on. <laughs> okay. So today, uh, we're very honored to be joined with Brie Larson and Jesse Ennis, and we're going to talk about topics like the hardships that they have faced in their industries. Why are you looking at me like that? I'm not. You're like, you're doing a very great job. Just, um, I'm actually looking at you in awe. Oh, thank you. So we're going to be talking about um, some of the hardships that Bree and Jesse have faced in their industry. Such as rejection when it comes to the auditioning process, um, the come down after a, a huge role such as Captain Marvel, and then also fun things like hobbies that they've gotten into recently and uh, childhood stories. So without further ado... Oh yeah, we also have a new dog and we will introduce you to her. Okay. That's all? Yeah, we had a great old fun time. All right, okay. And we learned a lot. And that's what we're going to do I this podcast. I want to the episode. Okay, so the first episode of season two, so I kind of kind of give a, like a rundown of what's going to go on in season two. We're going to have guests on, and we're going to learn from them, with them, and with you guys. And that's what's going to happen deeper with the Dolan Twins. We're going to get deeper in things. Before we dive into this episode, I just wanted to make a quick disclaimer. Everybody on our team who's a part of Deeper and Bree and Jesse were all COVID tested and got negative results before recording. Perfect. You know how deep was that? Deeper. And that is how Deeper is going to operate for every episode during these times. Where's my brother? Where's the other host? Let me go see. Alright. He's doing a face mask. He's late. Yeah, he's doing a face mask. Aww. Sorry. Aww. <laughs> I'm just like, aww. aww. The world has never seen Av actually the world has seen Avalon, but they don't know her name or anything like that. I oh. I guess is this um Her name is Avalon. Her government name is Avalon, but we call her Ava. Yes. Ava. We spell with two V's. Oh, that sounds like a cool L.A. club that I would not go really? to. It's actually named after an Australian beach she's named after. Avalon. Yeah. So Christina's from Australia. Oh, way to just dox us. Well, oh, okay. <laughs> no, I, should, we talk, should I say that or no? Okay, it's fine. Or we, we go there once a year. Okay, it's uh, <laughs> yeah, but there's this vacation spot in Australia that we like to go to. It's like... I'm not going to tell anyone, so you can... No, you're good. <laughs> the cameras are on, though, so... Gotcha. No, is it fine. a live stream? No, no, no. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, we're not live. We're not live. <laughs> no, we're, like, we're live. All right, well, welcome. I guess we'll start here. Welcome back to Deeper with the Dolan Twins. I'm one of your hosts, Grayson Dolan. I'm Ethan. And we are joined today with our first special guest of season two. Woo-hoo! Oh! Larson and Jesse Ennis. Thank Hello. you guys so much for coming out. Hello. Thanks for having us. This is the voice of Brie. Okay. And I am Jesse. I'm sorry. I'm going to put Ava down because she's crawling all over me, but I got something. So we went to Petco. We got her something. 
This was the oh, this was the no. o- yeah this was the only collar no. that that wasn't like a flat collar. It was like the only like cool collar they got. It's upside Isn't down. Great? Just That's so happened down. to be. Wait, what? That's so cool. Captain Marvel. I love it. Did you know they had them there? No. You wear it? <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> I mean, I'd say, oh gosh, almost a hundred percent of all Captain Marvel merch I've found in moments like this, people are like, "Did you know?" Really? No. They don't let you Marvel know. Dog. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> You're beautiful. I hope you feel confident. <laughs> you look great, color. Ava. You look so good. Ava, you're gorgeous. Have superpowers. Oh, she's but it was like it was not looking happy about it. Oh. But she's she just she's like not eat it up, yet. eat she it up. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, oh. yeah. It was so funny because I think the day that we confirmed like the the date of the recording of this episode, um, we went to Petco and the only non like boring color that they had was was the, the Captain Marvel. I'm truly it was, honored. It was a, it was a sign. She's going to so have to grow into it. We thought she should wear it for the, the episode. Thank you. I and appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, well, so I want to get into how, how did you guys meet? And you're, you're starting a podcast together soon. We are. Uh, welcome to ours. The congratulations. That's amazing. Thank you. How did you guys meet? And, and, and then I guess we'll get into the conversation of why you're starting the podcast. Mm-hmm. But I want to know how did you guys meet? We met in 2010 at the Williamstown Theater Festival in Massachusetts. <laughs> I was an apprentice, which means unpaid, um, like, you know, someone who has to do everything for the theater festival for experience. The experience the is experience. your paycheck. Yes. And, uh, and it was a, a very rewarding and lovely experience. Um, I auditioned. They would let us audition for stuff. So I auditioned to be in our town, and I got cast as, like, an extra, basically, um, and Brie, an ensemble member, ensemble member, but it was a glorified extra. And uh, and Brie was Emily in our town, and they paired us together for like the beginnings of a handful of scenes. So uh, her character had lines like a, like the first line of the scene would be like, "Not now, Lois." And so the director, Nikki Silver, right? No, Nikki oh, Martin. Nikki Martin. Who's Nikki Silver? I don't it's know. Another Nikki. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Great guy. Don't know. Um, <laughs> Nikki Martin would be like, Jesse, just say something. I was like, you're not supposed to improvise Thornton Wilder. Like, it's kind of known what the lines in these plays are. <laughs> I'm not supposed to just, like, come in improvising. And he was like, just say something. So I would, like, riff and come up with jokes. And then Brie would be like, not now, Lois. And but you're I- really good at it. You got the whole house cracking up as soon as you walked in. Oh, thanks. That's <laughs> she is a comedian. I would, to be honest, like, I was pretty nervous. It's our first episode of season two. And you definitely broke the ice when you walked in. So oh, thank good. you for that. Aww, thank you. That's, that's so, so nice. sweet. Yes. And the other part of the story is that three rehearsals in a row, we showed up wearing the exact same thing. And like very specific, like red converse, white skirt, um, flannel tied around our waist. Yeah, it was 2010. Same pattern though on the flannel and everything? Yeah, it was weird. And so it was like by day three, it was like, oh, I guess we're best friends. You know, it was like, and it's weird because when I think back in my head, there's like a time gap that's just missing. It's like all of a sudden, like, it was just like, oh, we're wearing the same shoes again. And then I remember like sobbing on the last day of, of this camp and and we were best friends. But I don't remember any sort of getting to know you. I don't remember. Yeah. I don't remember us like going for an ice cream and being like, so where are you from? I like it was just like, that. oh, well, that's it. No, I, I just remember being like 4 a.m. Be like, want to go for a bike ride? Yeah, I'll meet you there. Yeah. yeah. I feel like that's how like, a lot of my friendships or best friendships have started. Like, I don't remember how we met. And the ones that I do, it like commonly started with us like getting into fights or having some sort of beef but then oh, we overcame that and then really? we <laughs> wait 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 it was I much better to... for you guys though yeah, yeah wait your closest friendship started with beef yeah i yeah. feel like that's a thing 
Maybe no. No. I don't think that's a thing. Maybe it's a dude from New Jersey thing. Maybe. Got I don't know. It. But yours is way But not like internet nicer. beef, but like real beef. Like real real life beef, yeah. Like we, you're in school and you're like, I just don't like that guy. Yeah, or on like Xbox Live, that's what it was back in the day. Oh, mostly. yeah, yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Okay, gotcha, yeah. gotcha. <laughs> I remember I met, yeah, my best friend on Xbox Live and he, he, he told me he wanted to fight me for some reason and then we <laughs> met in real life and we just became friends. That's how it went down. But that, again, that's some dude from New Jersey thing, I guess. Uh, your story is, is magical, though. It sounds like you guys showed up wearing the same thing. It was meant to be. It truly really, really was. Yeah. And so why are you starting the podcast together? Uh, because we're curious people. And, and we love hanging out and talking. And for me, it was like, I, to be just totally transparent, I was starting to feel like the pressure of being perceived as a superhero being Mm -hmm. perceived as like having some sort of like mantle to uphold in some way and and knowing because i live in my body 100 percent of the time that like it's just not true and not possible like i am capable of doing incredible things and also i'm hard on myself about the things that i'm not great at and i want to do better and i want to learn more and so to me this last year has been like okay is there a way for me to like sort of undo and unlearn for myself and also perhaps maybe perceptions of the public has of me of like where I am or where I'm at. Mm-hmm. And so that's been like starting the YouTube channel and then now having this this podcast and like part of making that feel comfortable for me is of course bringing my best friend with me who mm-hmm. I think brings out the best in me and makes me laugh. And so now we get to like hang out and talk with really interesting people and uh, and learn and be curious, which I think is for both of us, like just like the basis. When you're friends with someone for 10 years, it's like mm-hmm. you go through so much together that you're like, oh, I, I want more people to know about what that what that's like. Yeah. You know? I think some of like my favorite parts of our podcast episodes have just been us like reflecting on stories and just like touching on all the nostalgia because um, I don't know, just yeah, memories are something that we value so much and then having your best friend alongside to get into that stuff. Yeah. I I wouldn't be able to do this without Grayson either. I'd be way too nervous. Yeah. It's nice that you guys have each other for podcasting. If I was by myself, I don't know what I would talk about. Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But I have like a built-in best friend, I guess. Yeah. Are you guys best friends? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, by by ninety percent, ninety nine percent of the time, but it's not like by choice. I think by choice we would be. You know what I mean? Don't get me wrong. But like if you met each other randomly on the street, I'd be like, you look like me. <laughs> Obviously, <laughs> <laughs> but that aside, if you didn't even know what you looked like, would you be like? I yeah. I, I would you be like? Wonder. I don't like. We're you. so and then later we're you so similar. Best we're so similar. I think the similarities would just match up so much. Mm-hmm. But um, like, a lot so of you'd start beef. Is what you're saying? Yeah, we probably yeah. we probably start with beef, yeah, with like a fight or something uh-huh. like that. Which and then we, midway, you'd be like, "Let's cuddle." Yeah, <laughs> we apologize. That's how our fights We're actually go in real life too. Are you being completely honest? We kind of got into a little altercation last night. Mm-hmm. Um, what was it about? It was because Ava was peeing. Well, so I potty trained Ava because he didn't want to have any part or any part with that. He likes like the, mm-hmm. the he likes to um, just not have any of the responsibility, but just like reap all the benefits you like know? a dad yeah so he's like the funkle honestly and like christina and i have been mom and dad mm-hmm. so we potty trained her and she was about to pee on my rug and i know what it looks like when she's about to pee but he doesn't so he came in my room and she was about to pee on my rug and i was like just let her go because if you pick her up it's going to get all over the room and then uh he picked her up and it got all over the room and then he put her down outside and i, I kind of gave him like a little swift just smack in the back of the mm. head it was a little more it than wasn't swift. really it was more than swift it wasn't violent though Okay, maybe his middle part got messed up a little bit. Uh-oh. Um, but then, yeah, he then he like slapped me back, and then then we apologized. And we're like, "Sorry, I hit you." I was like, he said, "Sorry, I hit you back," and then I was like, "Oh, damn, sorry, I hit you." Wow. So, 
yeah. and then we hugged it out. Yeah, it was like immediate though. Like we don't even really have to apologize to get over our, our arguments. Um, but that's that. Yeah. yeah. So I think if we met each other on the street, we would we would fight and then become friends. Mm-hmm. That's I think cool. So that answer your question. So you guys um, said you met during acting. Basically, that's what tied. We you met guys. during yeah. acting. Yeah. Awesome. yeah, it's like a summer camp for grownups. Yeah. That's fun. It was so Very fun. fun. We have a lot of fun summer camp moments. We got kicked out of summer camp when we were little. <gasps> really? But yeah, enough about us. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but I also want to know. Uh, yeah. Okay. What kind of, was it just like a classic camp or was it like, like I went to a Monopoly camp. What's that? What is that? I still don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Monopoly? But I was there. So was you guys, like, <laughs> did you play the board game the whole time? It's like Brie, fake money. Brie like, loves Monopoly, but you know what I she loves do. more than Monopoly is the McDonald's Monopoly. Oh yeah, don't even get me started like, on that. The, the game where you get the little Monopoly pieces on your... On your, on your fries, or I've never even like looked into what that was. Oh, she had I've, a collection of like fifth. Like, that's like a thing that people do. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of pieces, because you can get them at the grocery store too. So my mom will collect them for me. But like back in the day when I had a MySpace, I would like talk to people on MySpace and be like, "Which pieces do you have?" MySpace. No way. I said MySpace, and I mean it. I heard it. <laughs> I, I've never, I've never even seen what MySpace looks like. But my unfortunately, f- I feel like it's a pro- it, would, it was probably a cool place to be. <laughs> But I, I wasn't even allowed to have Facebook. I started on like Vine. That was the first social media I had. I loved yeah, Vine. You loved Vine? Yeah. Oh, I miss yeah. Vine every day. Do you know your favorite Vine off the top of your head? The Dolan Twins? <laughs> <laughs> it definitely wasn't. <laughs> no, I just feel like so many Vines are quotable and people just like love Vine for that reason. I love the Target. Oh, I don't remember that one. Oh, the, the 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 Target sign, like the T. Is oh, flickering. It's flickering. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Vine, Vine originated so much like comedy, mm-hmm. like uh, like social media comedy, because I feel like I've seen that TikTok over and over again, and I was like, this definitely came from Vine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But we were talking about what acting, right? Oh no, summer. Then we went to summer. summer. Oh yeah, I want to hear about. Were you at a classic summer camp? Okay, we were at a classic summer camp in like a town. lake. It was, yeah. called, it was called the Rec or something yeah, like that. Some recreational summer camp. Like Bug Juice. Yeah. Did you guys watch Bug Juice? You're too young for Bug Juice. You were born in 99. I googled. Uh, really? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, tell us about your camp. Okay. Um, so both of our parents worked all year round, so we had to go to summer camp every summer. Well, I think the important piece is that this was a, a summer camp ran out of our school that our dad was the vice principal of. Uh-huh. Oh. And we got kicked out. So, yeah. So it's like not a good look. Well, okay, we didn't necessarily get kicked out. So what happened was um, I, we were playing soccer and my team won. And then there was this new kid in town. And I was like trying to be friendly with him. And I think I was like one of the only people that talked to him. I don't know. I just like, I don't know. I like new kids because I like to like, I don't know, just recruit kids into my friend group and stuff like that. But uh, And just make people feel comfortable. I don't. I, but he was he was pretty cool. And I thought we were best friends. I thought, we, like, he, I thought he liked me more than anybody else in the camp because, you know, I talked to him the most. But uh, he was on the opposing soccer team, and mm. we won. And I didn't even rub it in his face or anything like that, but for some reason he decided to bite me. I guess maybe he couldn't handle losing. Mm-hmm. He didn't have enough real-world experience yet. I don't know wow. where he was from. He kind of just appeared, and then he bit me. Um, and then I was like, this, I if I was there. this kid bit me on my hand. And then I had to show our, like, the, the owner of the, the, or I don't know what you call him, the super the camp ne- manager. The camp manager. <laughs> I had to show him the bite marks. And um, he saw the bite marks, and then then he didn't really do anything about it. And I was like really upset about that. I was like, this kid literally bit me. Like, I, like, yes. And then I think I got put in timeout too because I was. Oh, timeout! So you guys were very young. We were very young. So I forgot to. Yeah. Oh, okay. I was. Five years old. I was. I was oh, like five. picturing yeah. like 
13. Yes, like, I was, that, that really changes things. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. I'm Sorry. framing all of this. I accept your apology. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, he bit me and then um, the next day I was just really upset that they didn't do anything about it and they actually I got in trouble for it as well. So I decided to run away. Um, mm, and then from like, camp? Uh, yeah, I ran oh. into the woods. Ooh. And then I started catching frogs. Of course. Because <laughs> uh, we used to go frog catching after school. Uh-huh. We would just catch and release, quick catch and release, like pet them, put them back. Give them some affection. And then I mean, our life experience is so different. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so where are you guys both okay, from? Sorry, but that's what happened. And then I ran away. And I got, All right, Ethan, enough about frogs. I'm really into the frogs, there. to it be fair. Too weird. So I, I, I was catching frogs, and then they called me running away. But I was really catching frogs. So you had run away first. Thanks for I think I forgot that I ran away. He doesn't still have the frogs. <laughs> He's cleared it up. Yeah. Into the conversation. <laughs> where where are you guys from originally? Sacramento I'm from Sacramento. Boston yeah. but we both moved to LA when we were really young okay. yeah okay. yeah okay. my family moved here when I was two because my dad's an actor and he wanted to make it in Hollywood yeah and so what was that what was that like growing up with a, a father that was, uh, that was trying it was to make it in Hollywood? super wacky because my dad was in a sketch comedy group and they all lived together in one house and oh. so I was like the kid amongst all these like 27 year old guys and a few girls women and um so it's kind of like a TikTok house no. <laughs> For comments? In the original TikTok house. Maybe, yeah, I guess I lived in the original Hype House. Um, but, uh, but it was really silly because it was like all these men who would wear wigs as a profession and like were constantly on. Like, you know, dinner was like a, a variety hour and uh, it was really infectious. Like I remember being four and just thinking this is what I want to do forever and wow. I just want to be on Mr. Show with these guys and... It was so fun, and they were all best friends. It just seemed like this the most idyllic experience of wow. having, and they got paid. Like I just thought that was so incredible. Were they on camera in this house, or were they just acting? No, and for like just for practice. Yeah, they were in a sketch comedy show called Mister Show with Bob and David that starred David Cross and Bob Odenkirk uh-huh. on HBO in yeah. the early nineties. And uh, and no, I think they just lived together out of necessity. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. So like, just they were a lot all of, like antics went on in the house just because they were all comics. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. That's, mm-hmm. a, that's a, we wore wigs for a, a couple times, for, like, I guess as our profession in some videos and whatnot in Vines, but I, so I, could, I could relate on that. We live together by necessity. Yeah. So, <laughs> and so, what, what was, uh, so you moved here from Sacramento, which is Northern California. Mm-hmm. And I've driven through Sacramento and it's... It's the capital of California, right? Great point. Yeah. It is, in fact. It's the capital, but there's, I feel like there wasn't, I, there wasn't much to see when I drove through. It's kind of more flat land. Or maybe it's I just... Flat. Okay. Well, yes. I moved from there when I was like seven or eight. Okay. And it was really... Like, my memories of it as a kid are just like, it's a lot of dirt and driving really far to go to school. Like, I don't yeah. remember there being... It's way more developed now than how it was when I was mm-hmm. a child. Yeah. But, um, yeah. It's just like a... From my memory, it was just like a sweet suburban place that I grew up, but I wanted to be an actor, so we moved to moved to LA. Oh, so sweet. your passion for acting started in Sacramento? My passion for acti- acting started in Sacramento, yeah. Okay, and like, what, what did that look like? like? What did you do that like got you into acting? Like, oh, like this this is fun. What I don't you- know, because I was so young. Like, I don't have a... I don't know, is the answer. My parents are chiropractors. Uh-huh. Um, I don't have any sort of like lineage in my family of performers i guess my my um my grandfather he like was a musician but it's not it's not really like in my family but i was a super shy kid barely talked and then i started telling my mom when i was like five or something that i knew what my dharma was and i wanted to be an actor and my mom was like what is she talking about and 
Uh, according to my mom, I just wouldn't stop talking about it. And at first she thought I was just repeating what somebody else was saying. And then at a certain point she was like, okay, I guess I'll get you acting lessons. And it helped me like learn how to express myself and talk. Like I was just so shut in. And then mm -hmm. my parents would watch me just be so clammed up. I remember like some of my earliest members are being so nervous at school. Uh -huh. And then like I'd perform at a school talent show or something and do like a full tap routine and be like completely comfortable. And then like the second I walked off the stage, I'd just be like, you know, and that. So I'm it's sort of interesting now being 31 and it's my profession and it's this thing that I still feel like is so it's so important to me and it mm -hmm. feels so much like a part of who I am. And to think that it started from like whatever pure intent of yeah. a, like a child is really interesting to wow. be like, wow, this like very young version of myself has like brought me to this point. And so there's like thinking about it, there's no character or anything that you might have like looked up to then that you that could have gotten you into it. I don't think so. I I mean I the I I know that I loved watching things on TV yeah. and movies. I loved going to, we had like a local video store that was in the same shopping center as my parents' um, chiropractic office. Mm -hmm. And I loved going there. I loved watching, I'd like watch certain VHS tapes until like they didn't work anymore. Um, but no, I don't recall there being, I don't even know how I understood the concept of it, to be honest. Yeah, that's crazy. It's very, like, mystical to me in some way. And it's something that, like, kind of weirds me out sometimes when I think of it. I'm like, how did that happen? And so it sounds like you, like, really naturally got into acting when you were when you were living there. And so when, when you moved to L.A., did acting become something less natural to you? Like, because it was more common here. Like, for, for me personally, I guess when I... When I used to do skits and stuff like that on YouTube, like living in New Jersey, I had never met anybody else that was interested mm. in it. And so acting to me, it wasn't something that I ever overthought, like acting in my in my own videos, but I never overthought it or or even really thought about what acting was. And then I moved here and everyone was talking about like scripts and, and you know, having to express certain emotions on camera. And that's when I began to like overthink it a little bit. Interesting. Do you have, can you relate to that at all? Or Well, I mean, I, I was like seven or something by the time we moved here for mm -hmm. for pilot season which is when you audition for all like the new show up and coming sh potential shows that are starting mm -hmm. so i have this this you know i've i've witnessed a lot of friends who have come in in their like adult life come in from you know either out of the country or out of the state to come in and try to be an actor and audition and stuff and they get wigged out because they're like la is like so different and it's so crazy mm -hmm. yeah. and i guess i just because i've grown up in it my whole life and i don't know if you can relate to this too there's like a sense of like it's so just normal in the sense that like i get what it is i also get what i do and they sort of like there's just i don't know i feel a sense of like a distance to it like it doesn't it didn't wig me out in the way okay. that other people did i guess because mm -hmm. i was just i did it for so long. I mean, yeah. by the time I was like conscious enough for his, even for the first couple of years of auditioning, it took me years to realize that there was more than auditioning. Mm. I thought the audition was the job. <laughs> so imagine yeah. my disappointment at like nine when I was like, wait, there's more? Oh, <laughs> wait, I haven't been actually getting wait, the so job. I've been failing this whole time? I thought I was doing really well. Yeah. Yeah. It, so when did you both get your first acting gig? Like what, what age do you remember? You, you were like a decade before me. I was, I think I was eight or wow. nine, eight or nine. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, my, fir my first like pay, oh, I did one thing on Mr. Show where I played like a kid crying, but that my parents had a rule that was like I could only work with people that they were friends with. Uh -huh. And that meant like I did a couple things, but none of them actually 
were on television. It was just days that I got to experience it as a kid. Um, but my first real job was when I was like 19, I think. I was in a movie called GBF. And it was thrilling. I got paid $100 a day. And I remember being like, I can buy whatever food I want. <laughs> and uh, it was great. I was very happy. That's really cool. That's cool. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. The Cookie Dolan Twins Shake is now available at Monty's. So if you guys are from LA or you live in the area and you can get to LA, there are three Monty's locations in LA and you guys can pick up a Cookie Dolan Twins Shake. It's on the secret menu for a limited time. We're very excited to tell you that a portion of the proceeds of this shake is going to our friend Earthling Ed's animal sanctuary in the UK called the Surge Sanctuary where they rescue animals and give them a fully free life. So enjoy your delicious Cookie Dolan Twins Shake. It's honestly... Honestly, it's the best milkshake on the menu there. Honestly, it's like top one milkshakes I've ever had in my life. So, um, you guys can let us know what you think. And support animals because animals are adorable and supportable with this shake. All right, I'm going to eat this shake while you guys watch the rest of the episode. I already swallowed mine in the car. This is good. You guys can have this one. Okay. I swallowed it. Enjoy the rest of the episode. Sorry, when you found out that you were getting rejected, how did your nine year old self or however old you were at the time handle that? Uh, Terribly. I ran away from home. Really? I, I mean, it was a progressive thing. I don't think it was like the first time. It's so telling now. Like I, I am very much the same as that child because I remember going in for my first commercial audition and I had been taking acting lessons and I had like a monologue that I had prepared at, you know, eight years old. And I went in and you, you go in and they have you like in a lineup with like 10 other kids and they basically just put the camera across and they say like, say your name, say your age and what your favorite hobby is. And they like go to one kid and they're like, hi, I'm Sarah and I'm eight years old and I love to sing or whatever. And they keep going. And then they got to me and they're like, Brianne, you know, what's, what's, what's your favorite thing to do? And I'm like, I like to act. And they were like, anything else? And I was like, no, I like to act. And they were like, okay. And then like moved on to the next. And I knew that it was wrong. Mm-hmm. Like I knew that I yeah. was it like, even I was like, Oh, what I'm trying to do is different than this at like nine, eight or nine years old. Yeah. I remember bursting out crying, be like, they didn't ask me about my monologue. It's like, Oh, oh. God. Oh, like, so you really just wanted to act. I really did. Yeah. I really did from like a very, very young age. But yeah, like when I, I remember distinctly not getting a job when I was like 11 that I really wanted and I ran away from home and that looked like my Easter basket with a blanket and a box of Cheez-Its. And oh, so I you're fully practical. prepared. And I ran. Practical. I was very prepared. How? And I ran around the block and then came back. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's like you, you know, I've been in this for so long that like you, I've had so many phases of how you cope with the rejection. You know, yeah. you yeah. see the difference between like when you're a kid versus when, and the stakes are different too. When you're a kid, it's like, 
there's more flexibility, right? Yeah, it's yeah. like you're still on track. It wasn't until I was 18 where I was like, okay, I'm still not working consistently. Like, is this becoming a problem? You know, yeah. is this something I should continue to pursue or should I like legit start thinking about a backup plan? Yeah. yeah. And and have you ever thought about a backup plan? Yes. I have so many times. Mm-hmm. I've I have I've taken, you know, I've quit or like taken breaks mm-hmm. or um yeah, went back to college a couple of times and I don't know. It's maybe the same force that was in me when I was a kid. It's just I always ended up coming back to it. It always just felt like this is what feels like my purpose. It feels like what I'm here to do. And so yeah. it just, yeah, nothing. the interior design classes just didn't quite pan out yeah, for me. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. Uh, and so, I'm, I'm, I mean, we talked about earlier that you didn't get your first role until you were... Yeah. So, so my, my like draw to acting was that I was around actors all the time and it was fun. And I would go with my dad to auditions and wait in the waiting room or sometimes go in with him into the room and sit down and watch him audition. And it was really something I wanted to do. It just seemed like joyous and lovely and totally something I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And, and I was watching all of that a lot, which was like a sketch comedy show about kids. I really wanted to be Amanda Bynes. And, uh, and so I remember asking my parents, I was like, I think, I think I want to be an actor. And my mom was like, no, (laughs) please. No. She said, but you're so smart. (laughs) (laughs) And she was like, you want to be like your dad? Are you sure? And and I was like, yeah, I really want to be an actor. And then that was like four or five. I started kindergarten and I was furious. I was like, how come none of the guys have to go to kindergarten? These kids aren't funny at all. And my parents were like, you're going to be a person who goes to school. And that's the way it is. So and you I, wanted to drop out in kindergarten. Yeah. And my parents were just like from <laughs> to Boston. To pursue acting full time. <laughs> my parents were uh, from Boston. And I just remember them being like, we've created a monster. Is this what kids in LA are like? They just don't want to go to school at all because they want to be in like Welch's commercials. So they put me into acting classes on the weekends. And it was like bribery. Like if I went to school Monday through Friday, I could go to my acting class on Saturday. Mm-hmm. And I was like ravenous for acting classes and plays and anything I could do that like you know fell into that category uh but I was psycho like anytime my dad's manager was calling I'd be like hi Rick any any opportunities for me too and he'd be like (laughs) I don't represent you four-year-old like what are you talking about uh so at a certain point it got like really hard on my parents and so my dad asked his manager can you figure out the worst possible audition to bring a kid to he was like take your time you know, it can be months from now. Really, like, look at all the opportunities. What is the worst audition for a kid? I want to, like, traumatize her. Like, I, I want to make her, make sure she doesn't want to do this because it's, re- like, insufferable. And he was, I was, later on, he was open, open with this about about that with you? I feel like he was open he about it, like, in the moment. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like he was like, this one's going to be real tough. Like, yeah. are you sure you want to do it? And I remember it was for a Chewy Bar commercial. And I was in acting classes on Saturdays. And... With all the love there is for acting teachers, a lot of the acting teachers that I learned from early on were failed actors, like mm-hmm. people who kind of had a chip on their shoulder to begin with. Yeah. And um, and so I remember having this on-camera acting class, which is already kind of funny, the concept of an on-camera class. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this teacher, who I don't think had worked since the 80s, was like, when you come into an audition, you have to slate and and... I know now slating and saying like, hey, I'm Jesse Ennis, I'm 5'2", and I live in Los Angeles. But he said to slate... And that that you love to act. And I love to act. (laughs) Uh, But he said to slate, I had to like give them my profile, which is something I don't really think 
uh, anyone needs anymore because we're not shooting movies the way they did in like the 60s. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I went into this Chewy Bar commercial and I'm in the waiting room with my dad and there's like 40 kids and some of them are like three years old and their parents are like screaming at them and this one kid's like, I want my crayons. And the mom was like, you'll get, you'll get, you will get your crayons as long as you go in there and you tell them how happy you are. And like she was just, and, and I remember looking at my dad and being like, these kids are not in it for the right reasons. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and he was just like, oh, geez, please find something unappealing about this experience. And I went into the audition room and they were like, hi, Jesse, like, will you say your name and your age for us? And I was like, I'm Jesse Ennis and I'm seven years old. And then I slated by turning my head and showing my profile. And the two women in the room started laughing hysterically. And I remember being like, you're not professional. <laughs> And I was like so full of myself and I was just confident that these women were amateurs and that I was the only professional the in way the room. Seven years old, yeah. And I went out and I was like, Dad, I'm going to be booked and busy in no time. And uh, and then like the next day, I was like, did we get any any response? Do we know? Is there going to be a callback? What's, what's the deal? And my dad was like, yeah, you know, now we're in the waiting game process of this. You could wait for months and never hear. I was like, all right, that's cool. Um, what's the next thing we've got? Like, what, what's next? What's the next audition? And he was just like, good God, this kid is going to never give up. Wow. So, I mean, that's great. So, he doesn't have to teach you to not give up. You're just not, not going to do it. Yeah. I mean, I, I also witnessed his career, which is like you do thousands of auditions and get four jobs so you kind of learned through just observation that like your, your dad was a grinder and he was never going to give up and yeah and you wanted to be like that too yeah that's great that's cool so were your parents like fully supportive of the move from sacramento to la to pursue the acting yeah or was it some like convincing that you had to had to do there no, I'm actually super lucky and I don't fully understand why, <laughs> but they were fully supportive, mm -hmm. um, which when I look back on it, it's like, it's such a crazy thing that my mom was like, yeah, we'll pack up our life <laughs> and drive to Los Angeles and like try this out. And like the seven year old is going to pursue her dream. I mean, it's it was a, that's a lot. I mean, I think that's a big risk. And I, and she supported me for so long through so many no's. I mean, like Jesse's saying, it, it's mostly failure. I mean, even still today, it's mostly failure. Um, I like to remind people that my job is like 98% failure. Because wow. even when I'm on set, I'm doing, you know, 10 takes and they're using one and maybe a part of one, you know? So it's like, even on the day, like our, our batting average isn't great. Mm -hmm. um, so to be in that and to continually be in this sense of like picking yourself back up again, staying in the flow and continuing to move forward and trusting despite a lot of signs telling you no all the time. I mean, for me, it was just, it was brutally hard. Like I didn't have a lot of reasons to continue except I just, believed in it and my family did too and even um for myself once i uh once i started wanting to pursue it more and and i was getting into junior high and high school where you have more teachers and it just became much harder for teachers to understand they were like what you're not going to come to class because you have an audition like that's a fail it was like oh i guess i'm gonna have to be homeschooled to pursue this even further which felt like an even deeper like okay we're going all into this yeah. and and i don't recall my any sort of stress from my parents. So I lucked out in that way because I, yeah, mm -hmm. I, I really have a lot of respect for that, for the fact that they were like, allowed me to choose my path. That's great. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, our dad was a superintendent of schools, so when we wanted to drop out of school freshman year, I say drop out, but we, we switched to online. Um, but even just convincing him to do that, and my mom as well, um, was was definitely difficult. But I'm, I'm blessed to have supportive parents as yeah, well. Yeah, I feel like we fall in the same bucket with just like, yeah. I had the support that now reflecting back, I can't, I can't even understand. Yeah. Like, I would not have said to my son. Exactly. If the roles were reversed and, and your mom was your daughter and she was saying the same things, what do you think you would have like done? Like I can't even imagine. I don't know because it, I don't know what, I know what it felt like for me at that age and it was so clear and it was so true that I, it's hard for me to imagine as a parent denying yeah. that. You know, when you see your child light up mm-hmm. and work so hard at something, it, I just, that's tough. That being said, like I'm sure... It was really hard for so long for my mom to watch me have to pick myself back up again and the amount of pep talks. And and also, I didn't have a driver's license for a lot of this either. So she's driving me to all of these places and like there for me, running lines with me, watching me go in, listening to me, you know, cry when I come out and they, they were dismissive or they weren't kind or getting the phone call that like, no, you didn't do it like this and wish you would have done it like that or you don't have blue eyes or like it's maddening. Yeah. You know, the process is, is really it's hard it's it's hard to grapple with i guess yeah. and um so to have to have family that will like be there and like believe in you even in the moments when you don't believe in yourself is mm. is pretty remarkable yeah. and very privileged Definitely. do you remember the first part that broke your heart um yeah i mean yeah me too yeah. it was sandy and grace it was an elementary school-wide production of Grease. I was in first grade and convinced I would get the lead. Yeah. All the leads were the fifth graders. But, like, I remember walking up to the cast list and being like, this is going to be my moment. And, uh, and I saw that I was playing the principal, and I was just, like, inconsolably upset. I went home sobbing. I remember I was so small I could fit inside of my bookcase. I remember sitting on one of the shelves of my bookcase and playing the sad version of Sandra D and crying and being like, oh God. look at me. I'm not Sandra D. Oh, God. So Wait, melodramatic. this stuff is like so important to talk about because I feel like a lot of the time it's like we're even here right now because it's like we're starting a podcast like mm-hmm. we're doing another positive venture or you see us on a red carpet or you see us doing an interview for a job that we've completed that we auditioned for and got like and so I think it creates this this cognitive dissonance in a way for mm-hmm. people to view that it's like easy or that it was easy or that yeah. it didn't require like so much hard work and tears and sacrifice and like yeah. tough decisions and it's hard to like even in this moment express that completely but yeah, i do definitely. think if anybody who's you know listening or watching this is in the grind of auditioning right now it's like it's for real and like the struggle is is real oh, yeah. in that way yeah. i mean i'm afraid of rejection just reaching out to people to ask them to come on the podcast and if they say no like like we've reached out to like a you know starting the new season we want to have some some more guests and when people say no, I'm like, oh, you know, and I'm like, I like, feel bad. It, hurt, it hurts, and it's like, like, I can't even imagine, you know, auditioning. I, I have auditioned a few times before. Uh, I've never gotten anything, and I think that it, it really kind of like, I kind of fell back and just continued to do YouTube and do what was comfortable because I'm kind of afraid of that rejection. I've really um, found that like going on a ton of auditions helps strengthen your ability to audition because it is a job. Mm-hmm. In, yeah, I was gonna say, how does that? How is that a thing? Like. Rejection in any form is like one of the hardest things for I think a human being to deal with and then you guys are continuously dealing with it time after time, you know, audition after audition. It, do you eventually warm up to it and and as your careers have 
have like gone on? Is it has it gotten easier? I th- it, some aspects. Yeah, it depends on how much I really, really want the job. Yeah. But but I also feel like I've um accepted that sometimes the rejection is just for that part, but you showed a side of yourself to a casting director that they're gonna remember. Like mm-hmm. for instance, I've auditioned for the casting director Jeannie McCarthy at least at least sixty times now. And I've booked like three of those jobs. But the last job, uh my, my current job on Mythic Quest wasn't a character in the script. And I auditioned for all the other women in the script. And then Jeannie like pulled the creators of the show aside and were like, I don't care if she doesn't have a part that's already written in the script, if she's not fitting into the mold that you think you want for these different characters, she has to be on your show. And so like having auditioned for her all those times, she had seen all these different qualities that I have and strengths. And she was like, no one's written the character that you're totally right for, so we just need to figure out what show to squeeze you into. And she basically forced them to create a job for me. And it, and it touches on what Brie was saying about feeling like, wait, this isn't this isn't the job. I, there's another step after the audition. Yeah. There is part of me that just loves acting. And so auditioning is like five minutes where I get to do the yeah. thing that I'm most passionate about. So even if it's not going to move on to more days of acting, for five minutes I get to create a character and have choices I've made about the scene and it's like an expression of what, I, what I'm what i here to do. Yeah. I think that mm-hmm. that was something that we didn't have behind us. We didn't have like the passion to like become a character and stuff. We, we weren't really in love with acting. I think we are in love with the idea of it and like being on the big screen um, and in love with film more so and I think we've kind of found like our true passion and how we can be involved in film in like a different way. Mm-hmm. Um, which Ethan and I like are, are obsessed with like directing and working behind the scenes. And I think that's like, we have like future goals of that, but, um, that's cool. But I, th- yeah, thank you. Mm-hmm. We're really excited. And, uh, I think, yeah, for a long time I wanted to be an actor and then I kind of just beat myself up over it. And I just, it, it wasn't it, the passion kind of burnt out, but for you guys, it never did. And clearly, Mm-hmm. clearly never there did. are phases yeah. there have definitely been phases where it starts to burn out and mm-hmm. i think that that's totally normal like i go through peaks and valleys and moments when i'm like i just don't want to audition for this like goth character that i'm not going to enjoy playing mm-hmm. i don't even want to have to go there but then there are times where i'm like i'll do anything anything mm-hmm. anyone wants me to do i'll do it joyfully and enjoy every minute of it mm-hmm. so something i'm curious about is when, when we ever when we get recognized and, and people like you know will stop us for a photo or something like that they're stopping us because they watch our youtube channel which is for the most part just us being us is it weird when someone stops you and they kind of treat you like the character that you've played like what does that feel like or or, or does that happen yeah i mean that's kind of like you know why i started the youtube channel and all that was because i was starting to feel like you know, the thing I was most known for is playing Captain Marvel. And mm-hmm. it was making me nervous to have, you know, people go like, Captain Marvel. And yeah. I always have to be like, no, it's, I'm Brie. Yeah. Um, it was like she was Mickey Mouse at Disneyland. Like she was just a stop that people could. Yeah. It was, it was especially crazy being at Disneyland with Brie. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And so I think for me, like wanting to continue to bring like, to play different roles and to have humanity, I want to just as as hard as I work to like work at a really high level in my job. I have to work twice as hard to keep my feet on the ground. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's like a really important aspect of it. Um, that I like, it's like brushing my teeth. Like it's part of the process. Is like going like, nope, I'm not this thing up here. Like I am here. Like yeah. I am no better, no worse. I'm just here with the people. And um, yeah, so 
I think for me, find it's been about finding the way that I can continue to feel like a human being when I'm walking down the street. It doesn't mean it's not like when someone comes up to me and they're like, oh my God, Captain Marvel means so much to me or it, it, it changed this for me or it helped me see this in myself or it helped me overcome an obstacle. That's like beyond my wildest dreams. Yeah. That's, that's incredible. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's not like a... Because they're almost they're complimenting your art too, in that in, in a sense, you know, like the way you 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 became that character and you know you made it so real for them that they could learn from it. So. Exactly, but I think for me, it's like I've confused people sometimes because sometimes people will walk up and they'll go, "Hey, oh my gosh, like can I take a picture?" And I go, "You know, no, but would you want to just go for a walk? Yeah, or like would you want to like." Like a, a, like an art museum. I'm like, do you want to talk about this painting together? Mm-hmm. You know, back when we were out in the world. But yeah. like, and it used to like, even when I was with other actors, they'd be like, well, why, you're taking more time. Like, why not just take the picture? And I'm like, because like, I'd rather get to know this person and have a human interaction mm-hmm. than feel like I was just like a stop along the way. Yeah. That's I, really cool. I, I, I haven't heard that. many people say that before either. Um, I yeah. would definitely say I'm more for the interaction too. Mm-hmm. Like if someone, it's fun. Yeah. It's like what, what brought us together, yeah. you know? Yeah. Whoa, this thing that you saw that I worked on, like it brought us together in this moment. Like what do we have in common and what can we gain from this experience? Mm-hmm. Not that there isn't value in like having a photo. I love when my phone pops up and it's like previous memories and it like shows me. So it's not to say that like that doesn't, isn't a value. It's just, oh my gosh, we're here alive on this earth together. Like mm-hmm. yeah. what brought us together? Yeah, that's really cool. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. So are, I like how you said you, you have to work really hard to stay grounded. Are there any practices that you, that you both practice that keep yourself grounded like on a daily basis or, you know, routinely? Yeah. Well, I go to therapy twice a week um, and I have for a very long time. Mm-hmm. When I start working on films, sometimes it'll either, you know, it fluctuates or maybe it's once a week, but questioning my thoughts, getting things out. It's its so big. And it's also a huge part of my job. Like in this year where I haven't been on a set and I've been sort of recalibrating and thinking, what is the representation that I want to put on screen? What are the things that I'm interested in sharing? Going to therapy for me has been like such an amazing thing because I see like universal truths and insecurities and my, my, my fears and my hopes that like come out. And I go like, oh, okay, so that's what's true and that's what's in me and that is what I'd like to share. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. That's yeah. Great. And then when, I mean, you guys have dedicated your entire lives almost to, to acting. You starting at four years old and then moving here and dropping everything. And um, you, you've you worked so hard to, you know, get these roles and you face rejection countless amount of times. And when you finally do get these roles and it's everything that, you know, you live, sleep and breathe. Um, and then once once that project is all said and done, I can imagine that there's definitely oh. a come down. And it's like, what what do I do now? Mm-hmm. You know, my whole life purpose is like, okay, it's it's done right now. It and, starts until the before next you're done because like the last week of production, everyone on set is going, hey, what are you doing next? Mm. What's your next project? What's going on? And I'm like, I haven't even finished this episode. Yeah. Can we just enjoy this while it's happening? And like, mm-hmm. I think I think for me, something I've really been trying to tap into is being grateful for each step along the way instead of thinking about the final destination. Like we don't know how far along the path we're really going to get. So mm-hmm. I don't want to like diminish every awesome thing I get to live. So for so that 
question has like really been something I struggle with. And lately I've tried to be like, what's next is that I'm here right now and I'm mm-hmm. going to really enjoy this moment. But to answer your question, it's horrible. I, I personally hate wrapping jobs. I get, I get real dark and I just feel really alive when I get to live my purpose. And then I kind of tear myself apart when I'm not doing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's tough. Mm-hmm. It's like an adrenaline. If you've ever had like a come down from adrenaline, yeah. it's, it's, it, it's that. Um, and it requires, it requires care. And in the last couple of years, I've become friends with a lot of athletes. And um, one of our, my close friends is um, a big wave surfer. And it's been so interesting talking with athletes and people who do you know incredible things like that because they experience the same exact thing and so Mm -hmm. i've been noticing that there's these through lines of like learning how to care for yourself after you know my version of surfing the big wave yeah is really an important part of the process and worth acknowledging because it's it's it can be depressing um and it's one thing when it's just coming off of the adrenaline of like there was so much in my head to think about to remember and then there's also like getting to live in the skin of another person that maybe you enjoyed. Like I really enjoyed embodying Carol and Captain Marvel. I liked feeling that power. And then you're like, Oh, and now I'm just in my sweats on my couch again. You know, like I'm not out there like on spaceships, like saving the world hypothetically, like I'm just here. Um, but then there's the other aspect of the job insecurity of like, okay, now I'm starting from scratch again. Now I'm going back out and I'm going back to these auditions and trying again. And when will it work again? When, and there's a lot of sense of like a lack of control in that because it's like, okay, well, what are the projects that are coming through? And it does that meet with me? Does that match me? And it's tough, mm-hmm. but I've, Jesse got me really into last chance. You, have you watched it? No. Oh, is it, so is it a good. show? I'm so excited for you. Yes. Oh, it's, it's so a documentary good. series. So, okay. That's good. I'm so bad at watching shows for some reason and, and I have nothing against them. I just like prepping myself to sit down to like know that I'm about to watch like a full season is hard for me for some reason. You just go one episode at a time. You can watch one episode and decide you don't want to watch the rest. That's, I think also my problem is that like I'll I'll (laughs) probably end up binging it and then I'm like there's six hours. It's definitely worth checking out and I've just found it like a lot of the stuff we're talking about it really, I feel so much more normal when I'm like, uh-huh. oh, it's happening in football and it's happening in surfing and yeah. it's happening in basketball. Like these things, when it, whether it's like flow state or the come down off of these things, like it's part of like whatever's happening in our system. It's not just like an actor thing. Yeah. Okay, it's I'll, so comfortable not knowing you're alone. Yeah. Um, I'll definitely have to, ch- to check awesome. it out. Yeah. It helps a lot. And thank you guys for speaking about this on here. Like that's yeah, it's just not spoken about enough. I feel like it, it like it could really, really help some people. It's helped me a lot hearing other people talk about it. Um, like you said, athletes and people in different industries, and uh, I'm I'm glad that it's now like a, a conversation that's coming up because for a while it was just like, oh, you just you know you see someone on a big screen and then they probably live an amazing life and they don't have like, and then uh, you know for us I guess it was like we could relate to that in a sense of like when a YouTube video did really well, it perform perform well. That's like. We worked really hard to get videos that it would do well. And then when they did, we'd feel really good. But then there's next week we got to post and it's kind of like we're laid off that day too. Mm-hmm. And so I guess uh, I didn't realize that anybody else in other industries dealt with it. So thank you. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Really appreciate it. Do you think that starting a YouTube channel kind of helped out with that time in between roles where like you, you now have like an objective or something to work on weekly, right? You post? Yeah, I've been posting weekly. Um, well, I think... I do better at, I'm a better actor when I feel like I have something else that I'm controlling. Mm -hmm. You know, like for me, I like have the clear distinction of like, 
if you've ever been in a car, sometimes, and you have your driver's license, sometimes you want to be the passenger, sometimes you want to be the driver. Yeah. And it's totally cool to feel within yourself which one you want. And so for me with the YouTube channel, it's like, okay, I get to drive the car there. And that allows me to like let off and not feel like I have to like drive the car and, and be feeling like, oh, and what's happening here? It's like, I actually enjoy acting and whatever's happening with that and how that's unfolding in particular with like the unknown of the pandemic mm -hmm. because I'm doing something for myself that's nourishing myself, that's keeping me creative. And that's also like doing something that makes me uncomfortable. You know, I've hidden behind characters my entire career. Like all press interviews, everything was always like, I will talk about the movie and that's it. And this has been like, something was calling inside of me to say like, I, I think that I'm like holding, I'm like hiding behind this and mm. using this time to each week, like do something that makes me feel like, oh gosh, am I allowed? Mm -hmm. Is a really great thing I think to keep doing throughout your life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, that just reminded me, my first like fancy job where you like fly somewhere else to shoot on location, they put you up in a hotel. I remember thinking I was like on cloud nine and I got to the hotel and they were like, we need to swipe your card for incidentals. And they swiped my card and they were like, you don't have $100 in your bank account, you can't sleep here. And I was like, but I have to sleep here. I you, The company put me up in this hotel. Like I, I'm getting picked up in the morning to go shoot a show. I, I have to be here when I get picked. I was so, I was like, I don't know life skills enough to know what to do right now. And they were like, we'll just pull everything valuable out of the room. We'll empty the mini bar and you can sleep here. And I was like, okay, great. Thank you so much. I'll have a paycheck tomorrow. And, and then I can swipe my card for incidentals. But I remember like that process. I was still so happy, like so mm -hmm. happy. And then going to set, like feeling like a working actor for the first time in my life and going back to this hotel room where there wasn't like a kitchenette or anything. So I had to order food or go to a grocery store and kind of like stock up the room for myself. And I remember having this like meltdown on the phone with my mom and I was like, I just want to make an egg. I just want control. I didn't have a car in, in Atlanta. So anytime I wanted to go somewhere, someone else had to drive me there. And I definitely remember feeling like I was kind of at the whim of, of the job and I wanted to have more control over it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh. I like what you said about like being in control of something else that's like, bringing you happiness like it's like i feel like that brings a lot of balance to your life like mm -hmm. when i put all my eggs in one basket on like the youtube channel it kind of like it made me uh, uh i'm trying to think of like the word to, to describe it but it, it wasn't like i had resentment towards it but like it, it kind of i guess almost felt like it did um, it can take the fun out of it it did right? yeah and it was because i was relying on it exactly so it, was, it I takes kept the play to feed out it and, and suddenly then, you forget why you're there and why yeah. you love it in the first place and that was a that was a tough reality check because it started as such a passion like when i first started i wasn't even like making money like purposefully i, I didn't set up my adsense because i was like screw it we didn't make a dial a dollar until we had like over a million subscribers and then uh it was like i don't know it was like i can say it was more fun back then and yeah. uh yeah, that's that story. <laughs> but uh, okay, so are, are there any other things that you're doing for fun, like hobbies that like you don't get paid for? You're never going to think about making money or a business out of, and you're just you're doing it for fun. Like, what brings you happiness? I do feel like the podcast is more for fun. Like, I, I'm getting to really dive in, and I'm doing like legitimate research and reading full books just to interview someone, and it's really expanded my schedule. Like, I'm really enjoying having all these extra things to do, and. And getting to see my best friend frequently, yeah. you know, in a time where we haven't been able to see each other that much. That's mm -hmm. awesome. It's been really fun. Hobbies. Oh, I mean, I'm always, I'm a big fan of a hobby. Like, 
crafting. I play a lot of video games. That's really? Like what games? <laughs> <laughs> no, I've been playing a lot of video games. He yells at me because I'm addicted, but kind of it. Uh, I've been playing. I play a lot of Fortnite. Fortnite lot. still? A lot. I didn't really see what happened to it. Like, I've heard there's like, been a lot of updates. When was the last time you played? I was in like the OG <laughs> phase, like season two. Oh my gosh. But like a season you two will, probably- Your mind's going to be blown. Really? Did you play season two? Yeah. Like, do you remember the original lobby music? It's so nostalgic if you hear it nowadays. I feel like that's what I still have. Oh, you could probably switch to OG. Yeah, I played probably season that? two to season five. I, I don't know how to change things like that. Uh. But I, I mean, I play- I play constantly or I'll just do challenges and listen to podcasts like I'm it's like a weird video games have always been like a meditation for me like if I'm on set and I'm doing a scene where I'm like you know needing to hold a certain emotional space and then they have to like move the camera around or something I'm there with like whatever handheld Nintendo device I have and I'm playing like Mario Tennis or, or whatever it is and it like keeps me in flow holding that space until I have to go back on camera again and yeah, so I play I play a lot of video games. I always have a lot of people that are like, like you're so busy. Like, how do you do so much? I'm like, I don't know, because somehow I still have time to play hours of video games. Yeah, you, de- <laughs> you definitely need to escape. It makes I you more productive. I don't know. I don't know. I just I have the same amount of hours <laughs> as everybody else. But it is a way that I decompress. Uh-huh. I mean, I I exercise. There's like all kinds of things that I do like that. But like video games for me, it's like it's a deep thing from since I was a kid, and it's like where. Where I go, and it's a way I've with Fortnite, like and even Animal Crossing, like I've been able to like connect with friends and family through the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I made like all my friends through Xbox when I was growing up, like legitimately, because we had like three separate elementary schools and one middle school, and we were all in elementary school still. So I met kids from all the schools before I even got there, oh, cool. and it was all on Xbox. So like I'll I'll look at like Call of Duty Black Ops One and just like listen to like the lobby music or like just look at some of the maps and like almost cry because it's so nostalgic. I like made so many friends doing that. Um, but it's like it's like that escape escape from reality for me where like I kind of miss the real world when I come back into it and I feel like it's so important cuz like I didn't like really appreciate my hometown until I moved to LA and then every time I go back I'm like oh my god it's so beautiful how was I not seeing this so I feel like video games are like that and like just short term like you escape and then you come back um but yeah, everyone always tells me that. I'm like, I gotta get off the video games because it's like a waste of time. But I like the analogy you made about being a driver versus a passenger. And I feel like video games is really the only realm in which you could be like fully the driver. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like in, in the real world, you're, if, if I'm going to be honest, you're always the passenger because like anything could happen at any time. Wow, um, yes, that's very true. So I feel like that's yes, like... Anytime we're the driver in life is just an illusion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like video games are just, they're, yeah, it's just you know you're you're in control and that's fun and i feel like it's been like there's like a stigma around video games that if you play them then you don't have time for anything else and it's like that, you know what I, I mean that i completely know what you mean and it's something i've talked about at length because i'm in defense of the video game um because i think i think that's just such a crazy bias like the yeah. people i know that play video games like work at a very high level they're incredibly curious they're problem solvers what I mean, I'm on a show about video games, so, uh, really? so I'm con- I'm surrounded by video games. And every interview we do, they're like, "What's your favorite video game?" If I say I'm not playing video games right now, people are so disappointed in me. I I mean, I love them, and I think getting out of that idea, like, I feel like that's like a bias in itself. Yeah. Like, if you play video games, it's the only thing you do. Is like, it's not really. That's not really the. Yeah, thing. I mean, you could say someone like someone that watches sports that's not competing in sports. It's like. You're, you're kind of doing the same thing. You're sitting down for an hour watching, you know, something that entertains you. It's the same thing as someone sitting down playing video games. No one argues about that. I don't know. I think it's the question is like, why are you playing? Mm-hmm. You know, if if the answer is like I'm playing because I want to 
completely escape from my life, then like, okay, that's something you should probably you yeah. know, take some time and think about. But yeah. if it's yeah. like, I really like, for me, it's like, I'm, I'm a super curious person. I love fantasy. Um, I want the opportunity to play on a team with my friends and family. Um, so it's all pluses for me. Yeah. Did you grow up playing sports at all? No. I missed like being on a team and like, so yeah, I guess too. I get that fixed through video games too. That's a good point. But I mean, being on set is a team sport. Yeah, I don't know yeah, if sure. like, uh, like, I don't know if that's like fully talked about. Like, I don't feel like mm-hmm. we are on set and people are like, you know, like, but watching Last Chance You, I'm like, oh my God, like there's so much parallel to like offense and defense and mm-hmm. like all these different like head coaches and things like on, a, especially on a movie like Captain Marvel. I mean, there's just so much parallel to that about how different teams turn over and how we're working together to like make this larger thing happen. I think shooting during um, COVID has really hammered home the team sport vibe on set because like everyone agreeing to be safe, everyone knowing we all got tested, Mm. knowing, Mm. you know, all the procedures that we were going through to make a TV show really unified every department. And it was cool. It was lovely. It made me very emotional. (laughs) It's cool. Yeah, definitely. Have have things changed? Like, I mean, I guess like dramatically, How, how do you continue to film right now? We wear our masks all the time. The only time I take my mask off is for makeup. And then we wear it for rehearsal. We wear it constantly. And then the only and then when we take it off is like right before they're going to call action. And, uh, and then immediately after they call cut, we put our masks back on. Everyone eats lunch separately. Um, but it felt really... I was so nervous that it was going to be distracting. And I felt when I was actually doing it, that it was actually um, removing distractions because everyone there had a very specific purpose mm-hmm. and we all had a unified goal and there were no visitors on set. Like there wasn't any of the, you know, unexpected executive visitors were who take like a half hour of your day, which is always really nice to experience. Like it's nice that they come and visit. I really like those times, but we, there was, there was no distraction. It yeah. was, it was I really liked it. And uh, and my boss, Rob McElhaney, was saying when when things go back to normal, we should just keep wearing our masks. He was <laughs> like, every season people pass a cold around. This just would completely mm. eliminate that. Mm. Mm. Uh, and so you do you, you block with a mask on, like if you're mm-hmm. shooting over the shoulders? That's yeah, crazy. yeah. If we're doing like a reverse shot. Um, so like, you know, I was in a scene with, with Charlotte Nickdow and she's talking to me and then and then we get a wide shot of both of us in it and then we go to shoot her close up. So I'm still her scene partner, but I'm not necessarily in the shot or they're getting, you know, the back of my shoulder. I would have my mask on. Wow. Yeah. And then everyone on the crew has their mask and a face shield all day long. Wow. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. great that they're, they're taking it seriously and that, that it's not, you know, like you said, you're kind of like more focused on the job. Yeah. And we had a whole health and safety department, which was great too. So yeah. there was someone in like every corner of every room monitoring our safety and making sure that we were following the guidelines. Mm-hmm. Not that we were trying to break rules or anything, just kind of helping guide us. Yeah. I don't think anyone wants to break rules right now. No. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, but that's good. Yeah. It's crazy that these times have like separated us in a sense, but I feel like, like you said before, it unified us more than anything. Yeah. So I feel like when we come out of this all together, it's going to be like, we have that appreciation for human interaction. Like more than we ever have. It was something that I overlooked my entire life yeah. until now. Kind of, we talked about it with video games. You escape for a little bit, then you kind of miss real life or yeah. Um, but, but that's really cool to know that, uh, I don't know. Things are still getting made and, uh, we're doing it the safe way. Bria, yeah. is everything like for, are you experiencing the same kind of thing? I I've only, I've shot two commercials. So they were each like one day shoot mm-hmm. and I was like 
totally like isolated in a car. So yeah, huh? yes, math. Everyone's masked. Everyone's tested. And they're coming in through like speakers and stuff. Mm-hmm. But so you haven't shot but, anything major. Since. No, but yeah. I haven't done like what Jesse's done. Mm-hmm. So I haven't had you know the full, the full COVID. Yeah. Have you guys picked up any like new hobbies during these times? I That's feel like I, I asked that. No, like they're, like during these times specific. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> I feel like I don't know, just like being limited. I I really had a creative like what I wanted to do to spend my like how I wanted to spend my time, um, and then probably made like a, a decent amount of permanent decisions that um, maybe I only made because I'm out of my element. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I just wanted to like know about how it's affected you. It's kind of fun to know everybody else's stories. Yeah. You know, it, there's been a couple of times that I've asked people, like, what have you learned during this time? And I've been sh- surprised when people go, no, nah, I don't think I learned anything. <laughs> I'm like, how? Um, I think the concept of, like, what's essential, like, what's essential to our being, mm-hmm. and it doesn't mean that that's something that we can have right now. You yeah. know, you might have a strong desire for something that is absolutely against the law at this yeah. time. Yeah. But knowing what that is and going like, oh, you know, that really inspires me. Like I, for me, I've been like, wow, I can't wait to go back to art museums. Like mm-hmm. they always mattered to me, but now I'm like, gosh, like being there or being in the movie theaters, like those are yeah. things that I do when it's safe. Like I really, yeah. I really look forward to. And I also have, I've learned a lot about myself in this time because with when it, when it was, when life was, you know, more open, it was easier for me to get confused about what was my business, what was somebody else's business, what was the world? Like, is it because I'm tired? Is it because I'm overworked? Is it because this was like, well, now I'm at home. And if I'm like feeling something, 100% of the time I know it's me and it's my own thought that I got to mm-hmm. work on and clear on and like, right. you know. And so I feel like I've become like mentally and, and individually like a, I don't know. I'm more connected with myself yeah. than I was in the past just because it was easier without, with there naturally being so much less distraction. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh God. This <laughs> happened the other day in the podcast too. I get so wrapped up listening to Brie and being like, she's smart. She's good at talking. <laughs> and then she looks at me and I'm like, I'm on the podcast. <laughs> what was the question? No, it happens. No, just, uh, it ha- oh, hobbies. Like weird, I guess, uh, or you hobbies. Know. Hobbies are like what you've, what cooking. You've, I got, you know, out of necessity, uh-huh. I wasn't, I, I was so scared at the beginning of this. So I just started yeah. cooking all my own meals, which I hadn't really done before. And I started following chefs on Instagram and obsessively watching videos on YouTube. And that was real a real hobby that I feel like I started and was benefiting from because I was eating healthily. Uh-huh. No, <laughs> Molly cool. Boz. I love you, Molly Boz. <laughs> <laughs> I love her. She's a chef. So I when I asked you about about backup plans before you were talking about interior design very mm-hmm. briefly, is that something you're still interested in? No, I'm terrible at it. Really, it wouldn't have worked out. I have I've seen your YouTube so videos and I feel like the interior it. of where you're filming <laughs> that's your house looks very nice. Like, oh, of my home? Yeah. Like, yes. Well, that took a long time and it was very stressful and I had help. <laughs> you just and didn't I, like it. No, I'm. You know, I, I'm just gonna throw this out there and like whatever the internet can run with it. Like space and time are not my thing. Yeah. I am not good with spatialization and I'm not good at keeping track of time. Um, I have to use a GPS to get anywhere. Um, so with that said, it's like the idea of trying to like figure out how a couch fits into a space is just like, oh my gosh, I'm a very creative person. That is like not my, it's not my strong suit. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, even now, like thinking of backup plans, it's kind of, it's kind of hard to imagine just because I feel I'm so... I'm so deep in the craft that I'm in mm-hmm. and I just want to keep refining it and yeah. keep getting better and better that it's, you know, it's hard to imagine something outside of that. Uh-huh. 
Yeah, that's what, I, I was talking more about just like, do you have like a side passion for anything else, I guess? I guess video games. Video <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're doing the podcast and YouTube channel as well. I mean, those aren't backup plans, but they're, they're other plans into, in addition to what you're doing and working on. I so. think the backup plan is probably just other jobs within the same industry. Yeah. Producing, directing, That's world cool. domination, that kind of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I actually don't want world domination. <laughs> you can have that. I really actually don't want that. I've thought about it. I don't want it. Are you both interested in, in the other fields in in the industry like directing producing yeah yeah writing writing i'm a writer too awesome oh, nice. yeah so what what do you mostly write like comedy based off it yeah I, comedy. Very I mean a lot of my jobs as an actor i still kind of have to be a writer because i do a lot of improv and yeah. um the the process of creating a character is really different depending on the job but there there have been jobs where like it's very clear as you're auditioning that they're actually not going to care that much about the script and that they're they're trying to just hire actors who can basically write for themselves yeah so there there have been a lot of jobs where i like have the sides for the day knowing full well we're not going to stick to them and so the whole margin is just alt jokes um but i've also been hired as an alt writer so i'll uh, sit on set all day long and then just come up with new jokes to keep the scene fresh and keep them saying you know, new ideas. That's cool. I didn't know that actors, like, that, that script writers relied on actors to kind of, like, write for themselves. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Not always, but, yeah, it happens. I mean, there, there have also been jobs, like, on Better Call Saul, it's the punctuation matters, and there's no straying from the script, and mm-hmm. that's really fun and a completely different muscle for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it keeps it fresh. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool. Mm-hmm. And, and you're into, like, what would you say is, like, your, is writing, like, your second most favorite next to acting? Or do they all kind of blend together? I really love directing. Bree and yeah. I directed a short film together, and that was really fun. I directed another short film. I got to direct some second unit stuff on Mythic Quest this season. Awesome. I really feel in my body in a different way mm-hmm. as a director. I really, really love it. So I, I'm excited to do more of that. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Love it. We've directed a project before, and it like, I, I kind of got that. like We lived the project for like a full month where we were like writing it every single day refining the script sending it to people getting opinions going over it um and then um yeah when we were when we were filming it like i just i felt amazing like I, at my best like i remember we weren't even sleeping at all and yeah. uh, just like getting up and filming was like just the only thing on my mind and i was completely like captivated and then when it was over i was just like oh god what's what's what to do now <laughs> but yeah directing is definitely a really fun thing that I always thought like when I would watch movies would be, I was like, gosh, the director must've been like, how did he keep up with what was going on here? How does she keep up with what was going on here? Because some movies are just so complex, but then you start to like really break it down on paper. And it's just like, it's really interesting what goes into it. I Um, also love like as a director, you're with the project the whole way through, you get to be in the editing process Mm -hmm. and the pre-production process. And as an actor, there's like kind of a pain when you know, that you're done with your job, but the show keeps getting made. Like, I, I really love going, they let me go into the edit bay for Mythic Quest, and I love watching them compile cool. scenes and stuff. Because I just, like, have a separation anxiety with my jobs. Yeah. <laughs> and so as a director, you don't have to deal with that. Yeah. Have you ever done a take, and you're like, uh, and you, let's say you do 10 takes, and there's one that you hope they don't use, and they do? Like, have you ever felt like that? Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. There's one shot that's in a TV show, done you can find it on hulu where i am <laughs> i am like counting my steps to make sure that i hit my mark at the same at the time and i don't know if anyone would ever notice it but when i when i watch it i'm like that is a young green actor <laughs> it was like one of my first jobs ever and there's just like i walk so awkwardly because i'm like i know my mark is four steps away so i was like right left 
right you must be on the mark and then I look at my feet and I'm like I am on the mark (laughs) (laughs) it's just so unnatural (laughs) is it uh is it challenging watching yourself like in in like the completed project of what you're watching like you're it's not my preference yeah (laughs) I I can't watch my videos in front of anybody like ever like anything that I've ever made of myself I cannot watch in front of someone I feel like I approach it kind of like an athlete does not to sound pretentious but like I really like watching dailies I feel like I've learned a lot from watching myself Uh I've learned you know things that work or things that I thought I was doing that I didn't really do enough of or things I'm doing too much of uh it's kind of like watching tape you know yeah like on last chance you the football players have to watch tape you got to watch your previous games and so uh i really enjoyed watching dailies i get very self-conscious so i don't unless there's something really technical that i'm not understanding Mm. um or it's like a really complex like i remember there's like one scene in room where i'm lying to my child and i i watched the playback a lot because I was like how do I how do I make it clear that the audience knows that I'm lying but he doesn't know that I'm lying like how do Uh I thread the Mm. needle there and so that was something that I and I felt like I had a very clear purpose like I'm watching to make sure that I'm writing this line Mm -hmm. and that's that but I, I, I clam up like I just if I get if I get too close to what it is that I'm doing, if I become too aware, then it's just, it spirals out for me. I'm like, what, why is my face here? Like what's yeah. happening? Yeah. It's like, Oh God. And it's like, have you ever looked in the mirror for too long? Yeah. Like, and yeah. you're just like, what happened? Like I thought I knew and now I don't like, that's what it's like for me. Yeah. Just like and then like, sorry. hello, like IMAX, like, <laughs> no, it's just horrible. Yeah. That stuff is so intense. So it's like, I've, I've with time, I've had more distance and the way that i can separate it as I'm like it's just it's not for me you know I don't make the movie to then sit there in the theater and be like I love when I did that you know <laughs> yeah. it's like it's yeah. not why I did it I did it because I like being on set doing the thing yeah, so like uh-huh. why don't I enjoy doing the thing and then I can let everybody else handle the other part but I do love like when you when a movie comes out you end up seeing the movie like four times maybe and then you sit in the bar or like you know you find something else to do at other screenings after like the fourth watch. So you're not in there watching with the, the crowd. You, I, I will for like four times and okay. then I'm over it. Four, four times, times, four times, is, four times, four times <laughs> is enough. I'm like, I'm not watching the same scenes five times. But you know what's funny is that if you, if you have the privilege of getting to do a bunch of Q and A's for a film, you end up seeing the last 10 minutes of the movie like, 30 times and it's like you start to know every <laughs> single cue of like certain movie like room i know the last 10 minutes yeah. so well i don't know a lot of the rest of it but i know those last 10 last minutes. minutes you get the scripts in your head still for sure well because you're standing backstage or whatever listening to it and you're like oh it's at this line okay i got this many minutes until they're gonna call me out or whatever yeah. like i can go to the bathroom or i can grab some water or whatever you start to become very mm-hmm. that part you become very intimate with but as someone who like came up in theater, so much of my training as a kid was about like holding for a laugh and like feeling the back and forth energy between the stage and the audience. And I really miss that sometimes working on sets. Like I, I really turn to the camera department and like I'm like, talk to me, like tell me if things were funny. You can laugh. Like I want to, I want this like communication that I kind of was trained on. And so uh, I like my favorite thing when I'm shooting is like seeing someone trying to like hold the boom but they're like shaking because they're trying not to laugh out loud and like or like this thing from the grips I just love it and I just see it out of the corner of my eye and I'm like it's working it's totally working like push harder um but I miss that like audience reaction so I really love when the movie comes out getting to sit 
in a couple of screenings and actually hearing the the laughs. Mm. It makes me feel good. H- has a laugh ever ruined a, a shot? Like no. uh, behind the scenes, like someone laughing from like no, mm, like ruined a take or like something. Like ruined a take. No, I love it. And usually the mic can't pick yeah, up can't pick Video up. Village. So it's yeah. like my favorite is when you can audibly hear the producer uh, laughing at Video Village and you just stay in the scene knowing that they're really liking it. Way. Yeah. yeah. That's nice. I like when Mondo laughs. <laughs>, <laughs> he's pretty easy to get to laugh. Like, his laugh Aww. makes me laugh. It's good vibes. Very sweet laugh. So I look at Mondo, I start laughing. Uh, for a long time, we didn't even show what Mondo looked like. Because he's kind of just a mysterious gent, uh, but now people people know what he looks like. But uh, he, there wasn't a face to the laugh for the longest yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, it was just <laughs> a serious. He, he has such a great laugh. He has such a great laugh. You really do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I, we were talking when you guys first walked in about our new puppy, and um, yeah. we went over that you're allergic to dogs, right? Yes, only as of like. Four or five years ago, I became really oh, it allergic. Came up. Oh. My allergies are going away, so <sighs> I'm on the other side. I, w- I will say, I, d- I think it does go away. That's I think you'll be fine if they came out of nowhere. They'll go away out of nowhere. I was cursed my whole life, and now for some reason, we were cursed because of him. Yeah, I had second secondhand curse, but uh, I have a dog now, and it's changed my life entirely. What's yeah. her name? Avalon. Her government name is Avalon. Yes, yes. Avalon Dolan. It's so cute. Name. At the vet, they say your dog with your last name. Yes. Aww. Oh, yes. Like we were bringing her in. Like, Avalon Dolan. Yeah. Almost <laughs> cried. Ava. Yeah. We call her Ava. Um, and yeah. So he was like deathly allergic, and I never thought I'd see the day we get a dog. I was so scared because he would have asthma attacks every time we're hanging out with our friends with dogs, or even if friends came over who had dogs and they had the fur on them, mm-hmm. he would like. It was bad. Have terrible asthma. If he didn't have his inhaler, he'd have to go to the hospital. So. Um, I heard in an interview that you were allergic to cats. I'm severely, severely allergic. Yeah. Okay. Like that. And cat- like I don't Marvel. think I die, but it's really, you get asthma? it's really, yes. I have yeah. allergy. I'm actually in the top 1% of people with allergies. So. Uh, Not of, to like, brag. Of bad allergies? Yes. I think oh, my yeah. animal allergies. Yes. Are, that's I, the one thing I can brag about being in the top 1%. I think I might be in the 1%. Yeah. As it well. sounds like it from when you were talking about one, it. 1% it's, gang. Yeah, it's it's t- it's tough. It is. Yeah. It's really tough. So on set, <laughs> I really ca- hope somehow <laughs> someone starts listening to the podcast right when you say, "I think I'm in the top one percent," and then you say, "I am too," and then both of you say, "It's tough," and that they think we're talking about money. <laughs> oh God! I really hope that they don't. If you're yeah. just tuning in now, it's allergies. Voice, <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, but my question was, or our question was. So on set, when you Captain Marvel has a cat, yeah, and it, it's Goose in the movie, yeah. Are you? How is it? How does that work? How yeah. does it work? Well, a I also fly in the movie, so we oh, have yeah. the budget to make it work. But um, <laughs> no, it's like it's actually kind of a bit of a protocol. Yeah. Um. Yeah, because I made the mistake of trying to be cool like the first time. Because I like to believe that I don't actually have allergies to cats because they're cute. They're yeah, I would have. Well, and they're also like they're cute, and yeah. it's like it's right there. And you're probably like, trying oh to trick God. your nervous and system. You know, nothing's wrong. I don't, yeah, like, I just, yeah, there is. And you're just like, I'm trying to do my job, whatever. Yeah. Um, I'm like, it's fine, it's fine. But they're like one of the first days with with the cat. Um, the cat was like rubbing up on my jeans and my boots and stuff, and it was like one part of the day, and then I filmed for like the whole rest of the day or whatever, and then I at the end of the day took my costume off 
and it was like all over my hands. I just didn't even think about it. I, just, I went to go wash my face and it was just like, like oh. and I was like, oh yeah, I have to like, so then after that I was like, we have to like redo this. Like someone has to like help me wipe off the boots or whatever they touch because it's like, it's not just, I, I guess I kind of thought in my head, it's like, well, I didn't touch the cat, but yeah. it's, you know, yeah. out dander and allergies. It's, it's, it's tough. It stinks because <laughs> like, I, I would want nothing more than to have a cat, you know, know. a kitty friend forever. It's weird. It's it's really weird because I also have like allergies to the trees and grass or whatever. And it's weird because like too. I right love. Right crazy with the wind. Yes. I'm like, I love earth. Why am I allergic? Those are like the, the, Why? the top also, things that I love I'm allergic to. Is why like would that happen? Nature and animals. Why We're would also that happen? on Earth, so why would any of us be allergic? I don't get that. Do you know that what logic? allergies is? It's it's your nervous system overreacting to, to something that it doesn't need to. That so sounds like me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds I guess spot on. <laughs> that does sound like what I would but do. But it's just the, the fact that like I, I used to go in front of like like other dogs that I, that I was allergic to and cats and everything like that, and I was like, okay, I'm just going to act like I'm not, you know, going to be allergic so that my, my nervous system doesn't think I am, and then... It, it never worked. Mm-hmm. I would still be allergic. But yeah, I'm truly blessed. We have a miracle dog. I'm so happy you have a miracle dog. Thank you. You have Me dogs too. of your own, right? Yeah. Bowie yes. and Jonathan. Yes. They're so cute. And I'm, I'm also like allergic. To dogs. Yes. So, but it's too late. <laughs> I'm already in love. It's too late. <laughs> he, gives me, he, he, he gives it to me about not taking care of, of Ava. But I do. Well, I just do the hard part. And he thinks it's a hard part, but Ava can't sleep in my room. And right now she's a puppy, so her, her hours of sleeping are all out of whack because she wakes up and has to pee at random and times. And those are my hours of sleeping. She's a baby bladder. But I can't have her sleep in my room because I'm still kind of nervous if, like, I'd have an asthma attack or something like that mm-hmm. randomly. So I'm, I'm trying to make sure, and then he's, you know, he's blaming my allergies on it, acting like they're my fault. We'll, we'll watch a movie, and he'll cuddle, cuddle with her on the couch for, like, two and a half mm-hmm. hours, and then I have to go to But sleep, I always shower right after. Up. And then take her out to pee. And I take her out at 4.30 in the morning. That's when her sprinklers go off and it's pitch black. And it's really Hey, dads do it with love. They don't complain. But right? then it gets sprayed by the sprinklers in this my underwear at 4.30 deep. in the morning. This is deep. Sorry. He was, he was wet at like, yeah, 5 in the morning. So the sprinklers wet. got him. Oh, yeah. Because he was And, she, and the thing, she didn't even go Sorry, outside. we don't mean to argue for you. Got, when we got, Sorry. Yeah. Sorry about that. It's fine. Um, but yeah, work that, it out. Work it out. We're here. Yeah, We're just here. That's what this podcast is for. I just I needed to vent about being a puppy parent. Uh, it's funny um, so you mentioned Room before and just want to let you know that's one of our favorite movies of all time yeah really? we were freaking out when yeah. we watched it yeah I, I, re- I really think so it's so good well here's the order of like events so we we were tagged in a clip from Lord DIY's um, YouTube video where you said you watched our videos yes and we were like wait a second like we, we obviously knew who you were and we were like wait no way. And then... Because like, when you make YouTube videos, you don't feel like anyone watches them. And also, Even though you, you have like millions of subscribers? Oh, time, it's, it's a weird feeling. It's such a weird battle. It has its own, its own things to oh, it. And, and uh, yeah, and, and a lot of times I think the YouTubers have like a bad rep like when it comes to like the public. Yeah. Like if you say, I feel like if you say you're a YouTuber, people look at you like, like you've done something wrong. Mm-hmm. Just because there's a lot of YouTubers that ha- have and I guess we kind of get grouped together at one point. Um, so yeah, seeing that was kind of like it kind of took us back. Like, wait, what the heck? So uh, Christina was a fan of the movie Room, and she was like, "Have you guys seen Room?" And for some reason, we hadn't, and we watched it, and our minds were blown. We weren't we didn't stop talking about it for like two days, and then we talked about it on the podcast. I told my and mom, that was the told last my sister, episode, told my grandma to watch it. <laughs> yeah, told wow. everybody to watch it that I knew. Thank you. And they all thought it was amazing as well. Thank so, you. Fantastic performance. Thank you. We could all agree. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. <laughs> but it was even my, more mind blowing after watching for us to be like, "What? You, you watch our videos? It's crazy." Just felt really I do. Honored. I do. 
that, I do watch but, them. Really? God, I don't know how to feel about that because it's like, why is it making you embarrassed? <laughs> it's the same thing as like I don't know. I guess you know watching our movies in like IMAX. Oh, oh, oh. Because oh, a lot I of our videos you. we made when we were like sixteen, and the thing is like they were like. So if we ever said anything stupid, like it was our fault. Like there was no script. So like I feel like I've embarrassed myself publicly so many times, and it just has to stay out there because if I take it down, then it's like even more of a big deal, and people I are like, understand. oh, they took it down, and they're going to repost it, and then it becomes even more embarrassing. But um, so I guess I'm just embarrassed, but uh, I'm not embarrassed by all, all all of the videos. Not all. There's, of them. there's certain ones, that, and we were young. We did it for so long. So how did you come across our channel? How did I come across your channel? I don't even remember. I mean, I'm subscribed. Um, really? Thank you. <laughs> Why'd you make that face? So I'm just telling you. I'm um, and they're like, yeah, unfortunately. No, I'm just No, no. <laughs> I'm, I'm just kidding. telling you. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if it was like, it might have been the algorithm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It really might have been. The algorithm, algorithm used to like us. The sweet algorithm back in the day. I think that's what it I was. Think... And I find like like certain YouTube channels, and Jesse and I have talked about this quite a bit, so soothing. And especially mm-hmm. when it was like the the beginning of the pandemic, when it was like really, it was just a lot of, like it was so, um, there was so much separateness. Mm-hmm. Um just having any sense of watching videos, even if it was from the past of just like normalcy, felt really comforting. Yeah, true, definitely. Yeah. yeah, I watched a TikTok one time of like just this kid filming the interior of a movie theater from like back in the day, and mm. I was just like, oh my god, it was very soothing. Yeah, that, but, and, and yeah. I think I because I like grapple with my own fear of like being like, hi, I'm Brie, and this is something that I think might be important. <laughs> <laughs> like, just seeing you know people be themselves on on the internet, and also like. If you say something that then later is like, hey, don't say that to like take accountability for that. I think yeah. I think there's there's strength in that. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. definitely. It's definitely I've definitely learned a lot because of people's feedback. Um, there comes a point where it's like it's a kind of too much and it, it's kind of like haters, I guess. And, and that gets you. Um, haters going to hate. Yeah. Yeah. And the baker's going to bake. Yeah. But uh so unfortunately, you're subscribed, and like we. Unfortunately, I'm no, no, no. I, I have unfortunate <laughs> no, news. I guess unfortunate for, for an unfortunate for news you, for a subscriber, no. and it's not unfortunate for you. I don't want to sound like I have a big head, but like we we're kind of like not making YouTube videos, and I feel I like, watched that video where you said that. Really? really? <laughs> I told you that I'm subscribed. What do you want me to like? What are you talking about? Thank you. Wow. And that's uh, great. It's fine. Thank Live you, your life. Yeah, we're onto something. We're onto something like different. And I guess we're kind of like entering or wanting to enter like the industry that you guys work in. A little You're making bit more. a documentary, right? We we have made one. So we're right now. We haven't spoken about it publicly, but like we're working on something that uh, we are going to be like the writers and directors of. Nice. So Congratulations. Thank you. During the downtime, it, thanks. Uh, we talked about just, like, having more free time and like how to spend it, and um, we jumped into activism on like a lot of fronts. Um, Great. Human rights, animal rights, racial justice, and those are all things that really interest me, and I want to make impactful projects about them one day, and I just felt like the YouTube videos weren't cutting it for me. I feel like it was definitely entertainment, but most of the time, it was kind of just for fun, and it's really important to give someone a laugh, but I also feel like you can maybe give them a laugh or give them another piece of uh, entertainment that they can remember for longer, maybe change for the better because of, and that's something that I want to get into in my older years, and I feel like I can do it for the rest of my life, so I figured 21, why not start now? Um, so yeah, just like with all the information that I've kind of gathered about activism and stuff, I kind of want to turn it into a a project on a larger scale or larger than I've ever done. And so we, uh, 
yeah, we haven't really said anything about it because I guess we're nervous just because, I don't know, nothing's promised. And I want to like say that I'm doing something and then not do it and seem like a failure. But um, we wrote like an entire script to a movie, a screenplay, our first feature. So um, we just took a stab at it during during uh, our downtime. And we, uh, yeah, we've just been doing that. But Congratulations. Thanks. Thank you. Hey, that's a feat Thank in you. itself. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Who knows what will happen? It's just like, it felt, it felt good. Like I, I never thought I would write anything in my life. Um, I just, I liked English class in school. I just, did, I didn't like reading that much, but I, I definitely like, I feel like I, I remember like loving writing um, now that I've been doing it recently. But. Do you like listening to podcasts and books on tape? Uh, that's all I listen to. Probably. People just learn differently. I think yeah. some people are visual learners uh-huh. and some people are auditory learners. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can just, you can just say you like reading, but listen to all the books. If visual means like uh, looking at, but don't change yourself. <laughs> if you don't like reading, I uh, understand. Yeah, I can't. I can't. I'm dyslexic. You know. Yeah. Sometimes I don't know what the words are saying. Yeah. <laughs> That's why the audio book <laughs> no, helps so no, much. Yeah, I, I'm a podcast like listener, like religiously, and so I'm excited that you guys have a podcast. I'm definitely gonna check. We're definitely. It out. Oh, listen. sweet. When yeah. when is your first episode airing, or has it? Third week in March. Okay. I think the 25th <laughs> okay. maybe maybe the 25th i told you i'm not I'm not good with space and time <laughs> <laughs> it's not my thing we were i mean i can speak for my i was so nervous shooting that first episode i was like really? be yourself but be better I think people will. I mean, I don't know if people are going to tell that we're nervous, but like when we watched it back, we were like, gosh, we're so serious. So, oh, you watched your podcast back? Well, we got like our first cut of it back or or the first of the podcast back. But we were, I was like, wow. We both were laughing about it. I was like, why did I talk so calmly (laughs) the whole time? Like, I will be non intrusive on my own podcast. It was like, oh, gosh. But you're going to judge yourself for things that other people aren't going to like pick up. So that's why Of course. I would but s- but it's more of just like, okay, here's the thing. If we're gonna do this podcast and it's gonna be like Brie and Jesse and I'm being Brie, like I gotta be Brie. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not gonna be like Brie, but like in a way that like hopefully you like. Yeah. You yeah. know, and that's hard. That's that's tough. It is that's really hard. That's really hard, but yeah. that's like mm-hmm. and and so for me it's like recognizing like, okay, this might make me a little bit nervous, but that's good. You know, yeah. that means I'm stepping in the direction. Like I will yeah. be nervous about you know, walking away from this. It's yeah. much easier for me to be a character than it is to be like here as me. Yeah, I think, yeah. but I th- also think like Brie and Jesse are different on day to day. You know, you wake up having some sort of day and you have to record that day or you're planned to schedule to record that day. Hmm. And so like, you're just who you are that day too. Yeah, that's such know? a good point. I mean, point. I also feel like we, sh- we shot our second episode yesterday and I felt so much more mm-hmm. myself, like in my yeah. body and myself. And, and I think our interviews on the first episode were really, I felt like we were totally ourselves. It was just the intro where I was like, I'm very serious. Do the intro last. Honestly. Oh, that's yeah, a that's good what we're going to do. When you guys leave, we're going to do the intro. That's such oh, a good idea. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 You but, but you're totally right about like being honest with where you are. Because I am, even though I'm very critical of myself, I'm grateful that in that first episode, I was like, I'm having a really anxious day. And mm-hmm. Yeah, just, just say it. Yeah. yeah. It feels so much better. If there's any place to like to, to let it out, it's a podcast. Yeah. That's why, that's literally... The main reason we created this is like I want to be able to talk about what's actually on my mind with the people that that watch our stuff. That's mm-hmm. so cool. Yeah, and that's great for, that you guys have that that outlet now too. It's called the Learning Lot Podcast. Learning right? Lots. Learning Learning Lots Podcast. Mm-hmm. Brie um, and Jesse are Learning, learning lots. lots. So you guys are gonna how how does that are you guys gonna like do research or have people tell you facts or? Yeah, it's been it's been both. Our first guest is Rupi Kaur, who's a poet. So to prepare for that interview, I read all their books and mm-hmm. or reread the book I had already read, and then the, the books I hadn't read yet. And I watched a bunch of interviews of her, and I <laughs> I uh, watched Barbara Walters' The Art of the Interview, <laughs> and took myself like a little too seriously. <laughs> uh, <laughs> 
I was like, I need a skirt suit. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, and then our second guest was Jimmy Chin, who's a adventure documentarian, career rock climber, and incredible. And I mean, they both were incredible guests. And our first topic was comfort. So we talked about both of them, but we talked to both of them about their understanding of comfort and what makes them comfortable oh, and really uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. That's great. Cool. Yeah. So like our plan is that we'll have fan submissions. So fans can submit different topics and then we'll randomly select topics and yeah. oh, that's that'll push us outside of our comfort zone mm-hmm. <laughs> to yeah. not just choose topics that we're interested in, but then at times, you know, dive into topics that maybe we're like, I don't yeah. know if I connect with that yeah. or I don't know if I, it's kind of, it's, it's brave to like learn on the fly publicly. You know, like you might learn something new literally on your podcast or it, like, that seems like that's what the goal is. Yeah. And so that's brave. It's been fun. I mean, I yeah. really, yesterday was really fun. We had, um, who did we have on yesterday? <laughs> well, I don't do, we, we, we can't don't, say it. I, I feel it, like. Yeah, keep it. Keep I definitely it, learned. Yeah, I feel like really, I really, really cool that everyone listening to this is going to want to listen to. <laughs> yeah. That's what you had. I definitely feel like I'm learning a lot and it's, uh, it's fun. Sweet. Awesome. Congrats. Thank do you, you. guys want to um, come up with an episode topic for us? Cool, um, for you to do. Um, you guys should talk about... Uh, you guys should talk about... Social media, I think, is a good topic. Interesting. Social okay. media. That's and just cool. Different, Don't be afraid it, to like, background. be open about like the, the bad sides of it. Because I feel like there are, and you have to kind of talk about it. It's almost like it's, It seems like a really polished world, much like the acting world. Um, and then you don't realize that there's a lot of like, you know... Um, things that are similar to like rejection or, mm-hmm. or you know, for all sure. the unfairness in the industry. So, um, yeah, it'd be, it'd be a cool topic for you guys. Thank okay. you. Thank you. Of course. So I had something else I wanted to say, but I forget. Thank oh, you. Oh, you should, this is just a, a note to the people listening. So you said fan suggestions, and we've been trying to have this, this hotline open for people to call in, and we haven't been able to figure it out. But I came up with an idea. We have our, our Instagram account, at Deeper. If you guys listening want to DM a voice memo of yourself. This is more for spread positivity shout outs, but DM a voice memo to the account. We'll be listening to that on the podcast. Are you guys going to have like a, there we go. a video in for the fans or is it just kind of... We're figuring that out. Yeah, yeah. we want to be able to do submissions so it's uh-huh. not just like the two sure. of us. We were trying to figure time. that out for the longest time and uh, we're flops so we didn't figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We just resort, Adele's helping. Resort yeah, if we think of something cool, we'll, we'll let you know what we figured out. Okay, cool. Yeah. If you guys ever want to call in with a topic too. Okay, cool. <laughs> Sweet. Absolutely. <laughs> awesome. All right, well, uh, I feel like we should... I feel good. I feel really good. I this feel was, good. This was. I feel like I learned. Yeah. A lot. Great. <laughs> learned lots. That is the plan. Yeah. Uh, you guys are great podcasters. I think you're going to make for great hosts Thank on your you. own podcast. Thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for having. Thanks us. for having us. Of course. Of course. And. Uh, Thank you, for, thank you for listening, everybody out there listening to the podcast and watching, if you're watching. And what else do I have to say? We can do the outro later. Yeah, we'll do it later. Yeah. All right. <laughs> That's it. Thank you guys so much. Thank really. you. Yeah. Bye. Well, hello again. It's just us two, and we are doing the outro. So if you've made it this far, thank you so much for listening to the episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did, because I certainly did. I, I learned a lot. I uh, had fun bringing up some of the stuff we talked about brought up some old memories uh yeah there's a lot we could take away from this episode and i really appreciated the conversation that we just had and i'm glad that you guys were in on it um so thank you if you guys want to press the subscribe button so you don't miss any more podcasts we're going to be doing podcasts similar to this one where we have guests on and we just have open deep combos and uh hopefully learn about something meaningful 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 Sorry. You're going to have to learn how to speak if you're going to be a podcast host. Uh, yeah, that'll come I'm going to have to do that too. I don't it'll have the to. time. Yeah, well. um, but thank you guys very much again for listening, and we will see you in the next episode.
If you press subscribe. And if you're just listening, we, really we will talk to you in the next episode. Okay, guys. It's been an ep. Thank you. Love you. Let's get deep next time. What the, that was so cheesy. Bro, hey, I haven't Let's done get this deep in a, next time. I haven't time. done this in a while. First episode of season two. All right. Disregard that. We'll see you guys next time. First episode of season two. You're putting way too much pressure on me. First episode back, okay? Bro, I'm taking half the pressure over here.